What is up, everybody? And welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. Hope everyone listening is doing fantastic. Hope you guys are just kicking some dicks in this month of January here in the brand new year of 2024. And like every podcast, I like to start off with a little gratitude for everybody. My hair looks like shit right now. I was wearing a hat all day because it's minus dick outside right now. That's what that means. It's so cold in the Midwest of the United States that you your penis sucks inside you when you go outside. It's actually it was minus four, but it felt like it felt like minus 30. That's what they saw over the news. But with the wind chill, it's minus 30. Just say minus 30 then. All I want to know is what it feels like, right? I don't know why these weather people have to be absolute twerps about it, but they do it in the summer too. They go, well, it's 81, but with the heat index, it's going to feel like 104. Well, tell me 104. Because if I see 81 on the screen, I'm thinking, cool, I could wear jeans if I wanted to. I could get away with it perhaps and not sweat my calves off. But 104, yeah, I'm going to melt out there. Give you a little more accuracy in your reporting. But that's a dry, shut the fuck up. What? I'm going to headbutt a weather person one day. I want to make a list. Top five professions I want to punch in the face. Weather person is up there. It has to be weather man. I said person thinking I'd be gender neutral about it, but we, I'm not punching a woman, of course, but weather person, man, sorry, fucked it up again. Weather man, right cross, right across their slimy, weathery face. Okay. I was going to say, I like to start off every podcast with a little bit of gratitude. So shout out to all the Patreon subscribers. You too could join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Uh, you get more access up the tiers. So make sure you check out the tiers if you're interested. Um, that is, I, I hit the wrong ticker there at the bottom. If you're watching on YouTube, that is the, uh, link to my new comedy special. You could check out at punchup.live slash Joe hyphen kill gallon. Uh, it's free to watch there on that site. I have my own page. So you also see my tour dates. Got some, uh, really fun ones coming up. Don't forget the big one is going to be in, uh, Mike drop mania in Chandler, Arizona, which is just outside of Phoenix. I'm very excited for that. Uh, good comedian friend of mine, co-host of the Let's Get Dumb podcast. Jonah Jerkins will be featuring for me. That'll be March 22nd, March 23rd. So those shows are going to be great. I also have an LA date. The ticket link will be up for that soon, March 1st. Uh, Lyric Hyperion, which is a really cool venue, kind of like in the Silver Lake Hills neighborhood of Los Angeles. So I'm very excited about that. And um, a bunch of other stuff along the way. I got some shows in Chicago, some other Midwest stuff. I got an Iowa date. Um, I got a Wisconsin date. Some 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 fun things coming up. So feel free to check it out or just uh, hit me up on Instagram. I post a lot of my stuff there as well. TikTok. TikTok's pissing me off. I don't know what they're doing. They are burying me on that platform. Because what kills me is it used to be on TikTok. I knew when a video would do well based on the percentage of likes versus the number of views. So here's an example. If I had a thousand views, if I had a hundred likes on a video that had a thousand views, that video was going to keep exponentially getting bigger and bigger. So 10%, if 10% of the people who watched the video gave it a heart, that's a good percentage, believe it or not. Like in a real life comedy show though, if, I, if there's a thousand people in the crowd and only a hundred of them are laughing, that's a shit percentage. But in the world of social media, I think they count a view anything over a few seconds. So someone might be scrolling, maybe a few seconds in, and they're like, I don't feel like watching stand up. And then they go to something else. It might even be personal toward me. They might just be, I'm not in the mood for jokes. And then they keep going, right? Or someone interrupts them and they go to the next video. It doesn't matter. So in the past, whenever I've gotten that percentage, the video goes on to get big numbers and it leads to more followers. They haven't been doing that for me the last couple of months. 
Now, I don't know if it's because I'm not posting as much as I used to. I'm posting pretty good though lately. And I've had videos, I've posted videos in back-to-back days in which the one video exceeded. They only gave it 252 views. So they're only showing it to 252 people, but I got like 40 likes. So it's above the 10%. 25 would it, likes would have been about 10%. I did another video that got about 300 views and that's got about 37. So still above the 10% thing. I don't know what the fuck is going on. They're... Those are such low views to the amount of followers I have on there. I've got over 50,000 followers on TikTok. I say that like I sound like a pompous ass. I'm not bragging. That's not that big compared to, you know, that's small compared to a lot of people out there. But that's that's enough where they should be getting more than three to 400 fucking views. So I don't know what's going on, TikTok. You know, I used to stick up for you because I was doing well in there. I'd be like, no, don't get rid of TikTok. I don't, yeah, everyone steals data. Let them steal data. Facebook stole my data. They gave me a $500 check. TikTok, give me a check. But like, you know, but still don't get rid of it because I, I and the people there were good. They were like fans. They loved my shit. I got so many nice messages from people, people from there who came over to YouTube. I had some people come to some shows. So I don't want it to go away, but I definitely don't understand what they're doing. I don't I don't know what's going on with the algorithm or it's stressful. It's stressful as a comedian. You just, you know, it's not enough to be great on stage. You got people got to see you. And the best way to get people's attention nowadays is through the medium I'm talking to you on right now, whether you're listening to the audio or you're watching my bad hair day on YouTube, this is where it is. Everyone's attention is on their computers and on their phones, mostly the phones. And I'm happy to be there. I'm not complaining. I think the internet's been great for that because a lot of comedians who wouldn't have gotten through, you know, the Hollywood industry of things are breaking through and that's wonderful to see. And I'm on that path as well. So I'm not knocking it. But I don't understand what TikTok's doing to me right now. So anyway, um, yeah, the Patreon, feel free to check that out. Uh, the special's right there. You can even just go to joekilgallon.com. It takes you right to the special. Um, I've been pumped. The New Year's starting off great. I just did four awesome shows at the uh, Funny Bone Comedy Club, the St. Louis Funny Bone. That's technically located in streets of St. Charles, St. Charles, Missouri. Shout out to everyone who came out to those shows. Uh, I am blown away that the weather has been horrible in the Midwest. Like I told you guys at the beginning, really bad, super cold. In St. Louis on Saturday night in particular, it was, the high was like two. The high was two. That means that the shows at night, we're, we're talking minus like four, and it felt even colder because of the wind chill and all that. I couldn't believe it. When I was walking up to the club, I thought, there's going to be like nobody here tonight nobody's leaving their house for this this is brutal like i walked a block across the street to get here from where i'm staying and i felt it felt it in my joints and i walked in and sold out three they had to bring in extra chairs they oversold it they didn't have enough for and they were able to squeeze in more people which was really cool it's like near nearly 300 people there and the late show wasn't sold out but damn well near it friday was great crowds and even sunday ended strong it was a fun sunday crowd you know sundays are a little more chiller and it reflects that usually in the comedian's performance, we have a little more chill, we have a little more fun with the crowd. You know, you go, hey, I'm going to throw some new shit at you. You guys cool with that? Oh, yeah. You know, like that's, that was a fun experience. And the staff there is great. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it was a very blessed, nice, nice weekend there. And I got to just chill out too. Um, you know, going on the road, you know, I miss my family a lot. Uh, but what I did was, you know, I miss the boys. I miss, I miss the kids. But what I did um, this year, what I'm doing this year, I should say, not what I did. But I'm doing it so far. I'm making sure I don't go out of town back-to-back weekends. Um, 
because you know when i when i leave on thursday you know my son's like when are you gonna be back i'm like ah not till late sunday but you'll see me monday morning so you know they're like oh i'm gonna miss you which is great you know it melts my soul to hear my son say that um but you know it's my job it's it's what i got to do and i still spend and i have to remind myself too that i spend more time with my sons than most parents do like, like i'm a stay-at-home dad during the day i drop them off at school in the morning i pick them up from school and we hang out until i have to go usually when i go out to do shows during the week you know weekday shows are all in the city here in chicago you know i'm leaving at like 7 30 8 o'clock that's right around bedtime for them you know they're getting ready for bed and i'm saying all right love you bye so it's no it's perfect while i'm at work they're sleeping so it's not even but when I have to go out of town on weekends, you know, so that's why I try to be strategic about it. I try to book a lot of my road dates in uh, fall, winter, spring. That way I can be just doing Chicago clubs in the summer. That way, you know, I'm summer dad having a good time. They look like me. So we're just lathering ourselves up in all the sunscreen, just dipping ourselves in tubs of screen. And uh, yeah, so, you know, you want to be there. I don't want to miss little league games in the summer and all that stuff. So I, I'm being really smart about it. I got this thing. I think I talked about in the last two episodes of the podcast. So I'm just going to bring it up again really quickly. It's uh, a big calendar. Now, I was telling some friends about this, and I'm like, we've well, never used a calendar before. And I'm like, no, dude, this is not your typical 12-month calendar where you lift a page up every time it's a new month. This is all 12 months on one sheet, and it's laminated. So I have a dry erase marker, and I'm using different colored markers for different things, like fun activities I'm putting in red because that costs you money, right? So I'm going to the Bulls game with some friends in like a couple of weeks, that's red. Well, the Bulls wear red, so that's nice. But I'm gonna spend some money, so that's in red. All the comedy dates, all my book shows are in black, because that's work, you make money, you're in the black, you get it? You know, your red's debt, black's, you know, profit. So, um, and then other stuff like a doctor's appointment in green, I don't know why I chose green for that. And then like uh, like weddings, That's I put that in blue, I felt like wedding blue made more sense. So um, I got that going and I'm planning my whole year out. Interestingly, I came across a TikTok from some dude, Jesse Itzer, I think his name is. Seems like a nice enough guy, but uh, the way he's selling the calendar is obnoxious. I see he's all over TikTok selling it. Maybe that's why my videos aren't being seen. Guys like this are just paying for a million ads and bearing everyone. And so he calls it the big ass calendar. But the way he does, it's so stupid. Each month is like one line. That's not how it even looks like a calendar. You look at it like where you get your weekends and it's like the month, like your typical calendar. I don't know why I did it that way, uh, but he swears by it. He goes, I put a plan on my whole year and then I'm just ready. And it's just, so I thought to myself, like at first I'm like, I like to be spontaneous. I'm not going to dig this, but I thought, why not give it a try for the year? If I don't like it, I just won't do it next year. What's one, what's one year. And so far loving it. I can't shut up about it to my friends. So I feel like it would benefit them as well. So I'm throwing this out to you, the listeners, maybe it'll help you, but get this. I didn't get his calendar. All right. So Jesse, if you're listening to this, you're going to be mad that I'm shifting this because this might be your original idea. Doubt it though, but I'm shifting this to Amazon. Um, hit me up. I will give you the Amazon link. Uh, maybe I could put in the show description. I'll, I'll look to see if I can do that. I'm not sure if I can. If not, I will, uh, I'll Instagram it out. So follow me on Instagram, but, uh, it's been going great. The calendar, by the way, his calendar is trying to sell for like $45. This calendar I got better. Uh, was like $22 on Amazon comes to your house the next day. I mean, you can't beat that. You really can't. And it's just, it's awesome. I just, it's making me plan everything where I'm like looking at the calendar where I'm like, all right, cool. I've got, you know, this weekend's opening day for the Cubs. I'm going to want to be in town for that. All right. So I'll I'll hit up these clubs, see if I can get some local nights there. And then, all right, the next weekend I'm going to be in Minnesota. All right. That's not bad. 
all right, cool. Then I don't want to be out of town two weekends in a row. So I'm talking to that club. They mentioned this weekend. I don't want to be two weekends in a row. So I'm going to ask them for this weekend. I'll back that up a little. So it's just nice, man. And it's, and seeing it. And then, and then because of it, you see the gaps between work where you could fill that with work, or you could say, Hey, I know I'll be able to that weekend. Um, I'll go to the Cubs game or that weekend I could do, you know, so you could still have your, you know, freedom to do whatever the hell you want, or you could block off like that whole week. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? Like that stuff like that. Or, or you throw in a vacation that week. Take the, you know, we could go here with the kids or just whatever, right? Stuff like that. That's how I'm thinking it through. Anyhow, uh, I'll throw that link up on uh, Instagram in the next couple of days. So just uh, check it out there. Uh, I am going to talk a little, a little football and I'm not talking NFL right now. Although the NFL's football pissed me off because it feels like I'm a Bears fan and the Packers absolutely destroyed the Cowboys. It was unbelievable but like very the cowboys are just all-time choke artists Dak prescott had a pass that was a pick six that wouldn't have been acceptable in a fucking pickup game like if you were playing pickup football with your friends like saturday afternoon in september you and the fellas are out you're like hey we're in our late 30s but we can still run around get a sweat going right you know you're wearing cool sweatpants you got a hoodie on you're like let's fucking do this it's a little cold but it's fine we're gonna play right one of your friends through the past that deck Dak Prescott threw for an interception return for a touchdown. You would say you're not quarterbacking ever again, ever again, my man. That is, that is it. You have retired from quarterbacking. That's how much of a shit pass that was horrible. You wouldn't even give him a ride home. You wouldn't even give him a ride home after that performance. He'd be like, all right, cool. We're going to go, we're going to go to the bar, get a couple of beers. We're going to get a little lunch. Where are we going? It's like, we're going to get some lunch. You're taking the bus. Think about that throw because that was so bad. I don't know how I can be your friend going forward. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to trust you for anything. You're clearly not reliable. You make poor decisions. Um, any any recommendation you're ever going to give me going forward, I'm double-checking that shit. So that's that's where we're at with the NFL. But I'm talking about what should be football, the only football. Look, I know fellow, fellow Americans, we got this one wrong, okay? The NFL should be called like smash ball or tackle ball, something like that makes more sense to call it that way it's all about the hitting and everything soccer as we call it should be called football it's all feet the whole thing's feet the running the kicking it's all feet i digress so uh manchester city my team they are facing uh newcastle united uh northerners and uh a pretty big match you know english premier league action and city has been banged up and they're starting to play better of late uh, but they are a little bit down, but th- that's the thing about them though. It happened last year when Arsenal was just playing out of their minds. City was, you know, back a little bit. Then they all came together right around end of January, early February, went on a run and won the league again. And that's, what's going to happen this year too. That is what's going to happen this year. Manchester city will win the premier league. You heard it here first. Okay. I don't get overly bold and overly confident too much on stuff, but I just see it happening. Kevin De Bruyne is back. The King is back. And this is how exciting this was. I equated to, I tried to find the highlight. I was going to throw it on YouTube to have this make sense for the non-soccer uh, slash football fan listeners for them to get it. I remember seeing, um, there's a movie called Michael Jordan Come Fly With Me. There'd be all these Michael Jordan specials that came out back in the day. That's how cool sports used to be. I feel like we kind of lost that a little bit as a society. We just got too much going on, I think. But in it, they show when Jordan got injured in the 1986 season, which was his second season. He only played like 18 games that year, but in the playoffs, scored 63 against Boston. Unbelievable. Um, they were limiting him when he came back to seven minutes a half. 
So his first game back, they didn't really want him to play, but Jordan was so like, no, I, I can still help us get the playoffs. Jordan wanted to win so badly where they, he knew and he called them out. And that's something I could talk about a little bit too. The whole Jerry Krause thing with the Bulls ring of honor. And I know some of my listeners aren't sports fans, but for this, you want to hear because it goes beyond sports what went down. So anyway, Jordan was like, they're just trying to tank for a draft pick. And that goes against everything I stand for. You always, you play to win. I don't care. We don't lose on purpose to get a better pick. That's not my style. And he made it clear second season in the league and he's already throwing it out there. So they're like, we'll let you play, but we're going to limit you to seven minutes a half to minimize the risk of you re-injuring your foot. But his process too was like, no, I got to come back because if I stay off it the whole time, and I come back next year and I'm not ready. Then it's two years I'm losing. Smart on Jordan's part. He knew his body. So he checks into his first game of in a long time from the injury. And he gets up, he's warming up, and the whole Chicago stadium's going nuts. And they get, now checking into the game, he's back. Number 23, Michael Jordan. And everyone's going crazy. That's why I equated to him. I wanted to show that clip, but I couldn't find it on YouTube, which is insane. You can find everything on YouTube. Right, I could find a cat eating out a deer, but I can't find Michael Jordan returning 1986. And I typed it in specifically, and it was very annoying that it wasn't popping up. So De Bruyne, he popped into a game. Uh, there was a UCL, or was it no FA Cup game that he popped into, played a little bit. So, but this was his first Premier League action. He checks into the game. The city fans are going insane, and it felt you felt the excitement. The television it was on USA Network here locally in America. They did a great job getting you pumped for it. Um, the one announcer was kind of pissing me off at one point, but then he came around on me. Um, so he comes into the game and it's just instant. You kind of feel it. These special players, special athletes, regardless of their sport, there's just certain athletes. And Kevin De Bruyne is one of those athletes. He's one of the best midfielders in the Premier League's history. Definitely one of the best of the last decade. And the ball comes off his foot different. It just comes off his foot different. The way he hits it with his his, his crosses, his passes, everything, just his touch. He's got power and finesse rolled into one. And, and he's got eyeballs all over his head. All over his head, he's got these eyes. And he's growing his hair out like Jack Grealish. He's, he's close to needing a headband. He's, he's got the quaff. He's got the lettuce, as hockey players say. He, he's looking good. Everything about it just feels like this is the comeback we've all wanted. And City was really having trouble finding rhythm. They're down 2-1. He checks in in like the 68th, 69th minute. I can't remember exactly. And instantly, not, in, not right away, but a few minutes go by, he scores a goal. But his, his impact was instant. But the goal he scored was beautiful, right? Catches it in the corner right there, 2-2. And you just feel like, yes, our boy is back. Holy fucking shit. Kevin De Bruyne's back. Everyone's singing, oh, Kevin De Bruyne. I can't sing, but you guys know the crowd does it better than me, and it looks awesome when they do it. Anyhow, so I was fucking Jones. I'm watching this in my hotel room. It's a bit hungover, and I'm loving it. I'm jumping up and down on the hotel room couch being like, fuck yeah, baby, let's go. And it was it was a great match. Top to bottom, a lot of excitement. Started with excitement and went through. Ederson got hurt early, so it was like, shit, you know, that's a, a Man City's keeper. So just, you know, a lot. Then in the 90, just over stoppage time, just over regulation time. So like just at the start of the 91st minute, I want to say, uh, he makes this unbelievable pass. I don't know how he saw it to Oscar Bob, 20 year old Norwegian sensation out of city's Academy. Uh, the dude is just playing poised. Looks like he's been playing for years. Looks like he belongs. And, you know, for a lot of people who just act like city buys all their players, their Academy has been churning them out and they know what they're doing. So Oscar Bob does this little, just little deep, just little confident footwork. It's right around the keeper. Boom. How's your mother? 
unreal. Unreal. Everyone's going crazy. Pep's going nuts. He's loving it. And it was a big three points. It felt like we cannot lose these three points to Newcastle. Because with those three points, we are only two points behind Liverpool now. Liverpool has 45 points. City has 43. And that's the battle. Liverpool's got a squad. And last year, they were just off and, and whatever. And they played good this, toward the last few months of the year. But they still were beyond. They, they were an afterthought. But this year, they seem to be back. And the City-Liverpool rivalry is a big one. I have some friends and cousins who are Liverpool fans. Love them. But they're an obnoxious fucking fan base. Can't stand at the pub. Act like absolute pricks. Uh, just... Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. If, if it comes down to the finish that we had, was it two seasons ago, where City had to win? to Because to, the Premier League, there's no playoffs. Again, I'm trying to explain this for my American viewers as well. So whoever has the most points at the end of the year wins. You know, And I'm kind of cool with that. Some people are like, fuck, dude, playoffs are great. Playoffs are great, but they've got all these other, you know, they got the, they're in the uh, FA Cup. They got the, uh, you know, the Champions League. There's all these different things that they got going on. It's so much action. Um, 38 regular season games, plus all the extra games, all the other you know tournaments, like I just mentioned. And it's a short off season. It's really a great, I really wish I grew up loving the sport. And I am, uh, you know, most people would call me a Johnny come lately. I'll own up to it. I've been a city supporter for f- almost 14 years now, though. Um, mainly because this guy hated liked Man United. And so I said, I asked someone, I go, who's United's uh, rival? And they all told me Manchester City. I'm like, cool, that's my team. And they go, they're fucking horrible. What were you thinking? This was like 2009, 2010. Yeah, it, was, it, was two, no, it was 2009 because they got new ownership around the same time the Cubs did. And I said, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm used to my teams losing. And they go, oh, they're similar. They've had, they've, they haven't won since like 1968. So they got a really long drought. Cubs have a really long drought. Wonderful. I'm like, oh, typical. Um, and then they both got new ownerships, and the Cubs won in 16, City won in 12, and City's been an absolute power ever since. And it's just, uh, it's fun. And the, the people I've met uh, by going to AJ Hudson's, this great pub in Chicago, watching the games. I'm a card carrying member, official supporters branch. Uh, these people are amazing. I, I love them. Uh, they're great people to uh, watch the matches with and hang out with. Um, so, yeah, it's really a lot of fun. I wish, uh, I wish I would have gotten into it way earlier. But, you know, it's fun to get into things new things later in life. It's a, it's a really cool thing too. You know, I, I've only been eating sushi for four years. Part of me is like, Joe, you could be enjoying sushi for a couple more decades than you already have. But sometimes it's nice to find, discover new things. So when I'm discovering new things, people are already taking them for granted. So never get too down on yourself for discovering something new. And don't be afraid to discover something new. Get out there, right? Dip your fucking toes in the water. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I mentioned that I was staying right by a movie theater. Did I mention that? That was a real nice setup at this comedy club I performed at because there was a lot to do that was all walking distance. I literally, the building I was staying in, it was an Airbnb, real nice condo building. Uh, right when I went down the elevator and went, I cut through the parking garage, I was right at an AMC. And I thought to myself, I'm going to go see a daytime movie. I've been to a movie in a while. And I like going to movies by myself because you're not talking to anyone anyway. So who gives a shit? You ever meet people who are like, I can't go to the movies by myself? Like, why? Who cares? Someone might see you and, wh- and then what? Hey. You hear by yourself? Yeah, man. I'm in a movie by myself. Does does that bother you? No, I just, you know. And then 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 you make them feel like the piece of shit. Because you you can't talk anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, obviously it's nice to go with people because then after the movie's over with, you could be like, Well, that was a piece of shit, huh? Grab a bike, grab a drink after. But don't be afraid to go by yourself, especially a daytime movie. It's perfect. Cost me like ten dollars. It's awesome. So I decided, I'm like, you know what? I want some popcorn. Time to see a popcorn flick. I saw Jason Statham. The beekeeper. 
For those of you who've not seen the trailer, check out the trailer. It's not about bees, although bees it kind of bees are a little bit in it, but he was in a he was this like ex-CIA, like special forces, so special that it was like off the CIA's books, and they answered to nobody basically. Pretty rogue vigilante shit, but fucking great action. Story was pretty good too. Um, it's just exactly what I wanted. Good old fashioned popcorn flick. I'm stuck. What is it about popcorn, by the way, that you have to eat it like it's your last meal? I guess your last meal you'd want to enjoy, but you eat it like you're in prison and someone's going to take it from you. So you're like, you just, you don't breathe. Sometimes I eat popcorn. I can remind myself, Joe, fucking breathe, man. Right. You're not, this isn't, this isn't your one meal of the week. Right. You get three squares, my friend. You know, some of you have a little self-talk, a little, a little, you know, checking in yourself. You're not choking on popcorn. And, uh, but no, it was really awesome action. Story was good. And I predicted, I remember as I was watching, I'm like, oh, they're leaving this open for a sequel. And he's going to, they're going to try to make, they're going to get some money out of this. Cause this is, this is just good right here. The, the way they approached it really dope where you were like rooting for nah, fucking hit him harder, dude. Fuck that piece of shit. Get him, Jason. Let's go. You know? Um, and he's perfect for what he does and in great shape. I, I had to, right when I walked out of the theater, I popped open the Wikipedia and I'm like, Jason stayed on 56 years old, dude, you are doing it. Made me feel like a lazy asshole. Um, but yeah, he's doing it, man. And uh, and then I thought about it. I'm like a lot of action stars, you know, as long as they keep themselves in pretty good shape, that's the what's nice about uh, you know, modern science and everything like that right now is that uh you know, you could age better even sometimes, sometimes, but then you hit a wall. Like Liam Neeson for a while, I remember being like he was like 63 when he did taken. You know, that was like 2008 and he's still doing a bunch. He's still doing action stuff. But the most recent photos I've seen of him a little bit, I'm like, he's starting to wear it a little bit, which is acceptable. You know, now you can slide into like a Robert Duvall type role where you're like, you're the consultant for the hitman, And then they they go, we respect you. We know your record. We've seen that you had 488 kills in 1991 alone. It's like, yeah, back in my day, I did all that shit. What do you need, kid? Like, you know, that's. That's a good spot to be in as well. That's pretty good. All right. Now, I mentioned I was going to talk about Jerry Krause. For those of you who don't know, Jerry Krause was the general manager of the Chicago Bulls for quite a while. He didn't draft Michael Jordan, but he came in about a year later, a year or two later. But he was part of, maybe he worked under the guy who drafted him. Because I know he had big say when I what I mentioned before about limiting Jordan's playing time. So that maybe that was Jordan's his first season as GM. So he's the Bulls GM for, so that would have been like, what, 85, 86 to 2004-ish, I want to say. I could be a little wrong. Regardless, the Bulls decided to do a thing called the Bulls Ring of Honor. It's going to be their first one, and they were going to induct all the, it's basically like their Hall of Fame. I remember hearing about it being like, oh, this sounds like a dumb way to sell tickets. So, because the Bulls are not good, and they've been poorly run as an organization for a while. They're owned by Jerry Reinsdorf, who also owns the Chicago White Sox. You talk to any White Sox and Bulls fan, they cannot wait until he has no say in those teams anymore. So the Bulls, of course, are famous. They're a global brand because of Michael Jordan, because of six championships, won in the 1990s. They were the team in the 90s. They were America's team in the 90s, all that stuff. So they're doing this Ring of Honor thing. They're bringing back all the Bulls, not all the Bulls, but a lot of the Bulls who are on those three-peat teams, um, especially the team on the 72-10 and 10 win team. I, know, I don't know who, everyone was there, but I know Ron Harper was there, Luke Longley. I believe Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr. Uh, there were no-shows, though. Big no-shows, too. Um, Michael Jordan, he left a video thing. Pippen and Robin weren't there, but I don't think he, they left like a video message to the fans. Jordan left a video message to the fans, though. And uh, Jerry Cross was absent because he's dead. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. So uh, I would have guessed this. And this is, shows you how dumb the Bulls organization is. 
I would have guessed easily. Like if someone would have told me, hey, the Bulls are going to honor Jerry Krause before the game or during halftime of the game, um, I would have been like, that's a dumb idea. Like, what do you mean? He did a lot for them. No, he did. He did do a lot for the organization. He deserves credit. He made the draft pick and traded it to get to acquire Scotty Pippen, drafted Horace Grant, uh, made the trade to get Dennis Rodman. I mean, he traded Will Purdue for Dennis Rodman. I don't know if that shows you how much San Antonio wanted to get rid of Rodman, but either way, he made the move. The Bulls needed a rebounder, and he got him one of the best of all time. So a lot of great. Yes, Jerry Krause 100% deserves a lot of credit for building those teams, putting those teams together. Now he's very hated, and he was even then. Because he has said a lot of shit in the press back then. He did a lot of things that made people be like, all right, shut the fuck up. Calm down a little bit there, guy. And uh, so if someone had told me, oh, they're going to honor him next week, I would have been like, that's not going to go well. Like if I worked for the Bulls organization, or even if I didn't, someone ran that by me and I could stop it, I would have. I would have been like, this is not a good idea. He's going to get booed. They're going to have a picture of him and you're going to have a crowd booing a dead man. And I'm sure they'd be like, well, no, because it's about honoring. And they would have done, no, I would have said, don't do it. I would have done it this way. You want to do your ring of honor thing? Honor for this first one, just Phil Jackson and Jordan. But then people are like, you're going to do Pippen and Robin too. Just do a couple of them. They didn't have to do all of them at once where you're getting everyone together and it's this whole thing. Spread it out a little bit. You know, do Krause different at a different time. And don't even do them where the crowd has a chance to boo them. Do a thing where it's like we have a, a, a special dinner where you just invite family and friends and you could film it and then air it at halftime, well, during the television broadcast, if you aired it at the stadium, you'd still get the booze. But you you know what I'm saying. So Kraus, a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's the last dance. They painted him terribly on that. And Reinsdorf threw him under the bus. And Reinsdorf did kind of throw him under the bus. But Kraus was hated in the 90s. There's articles from the 90s that show you this. Before 1998, the season that was what the last dance focused on a lot of, the very last title the Bulls won of their six. He said in the press before that year began, the Bulls are fresh off winning their fifth championship back to back, right? He says, I don't care if Phil and the Bulls go 82 and 0, he will not be back as the coach next year. He had this guy, Tim Floyd, that he had hard on for. He was an Iowa State coach that he just loved. He thought he was going to be a revolutionary coach and he wanted to get him to be the head coach of the Bulls as soon as he could. So he prematurely ended a dynasty. I really think the Bulls would have won a fourth in a row in 1999. Then after that, you can make arguments. They probably would have had to change things out. Age, father time always wins. We get that. But that was a lockout year. as a shortened year. Jordan was still the MVP. Maybe you could have asked yourself. You might go to came back for Phil. It wasn't like he needed everybody back. But maybe you could make the, quick, the case. All right, then they move Pippen and get someone else in. Or they need a bigger center or something. They could have kept that team together mostly and just tweaked a thing or two. And they would have been ready to win a fourth in a row. And Michael was always looking for new challenges. So he's like, I've won three in a row. I've never done four in a row. No one's won four in a row since the Celtics way back when, when they won eight in a row. Let's do this. I'm down. And Phil would have been game two. But Krause made it clear he didn't want Phil. So then Phil's like, I don't want to be here either. And so Michael's thing is, I don't want to play for another coach besides Phil. I'm at the age where I've, I've earned the right to not do that. I'm 35 years old now. You know, I'm the MVP of the league. I'm the this, I'm that. You guys, you know, he had the right. He's earned that right. Who could blame him? So, um, Kraus did that. So fans started to hate it. And you'd naturally not like a guy who's going to break something up that you love. People still hate Yoko Uno, right? Ono, Uno, whatever. Uno's the card game. Ono's the woman who broke up the Beatles. There you go. That's how you remember going forward. So um, they show him at this Ring of Honor ceremony. They have just a picture of him with the, with the trophies next to him. 
Crowd's booing like crazy. Now, here's where I'm going to stick up for the crowd a little bit. First of all, no. I mean, they shouldn't have booed him. He's a dead man, and he deserved a round of applause because he did do a lot of great things. So I'm not. I'm going to take that back. But then it cut from his picture on the Jumbotron thing to his widow. And Ron Harper, Bulls guard during that second three-peat, it's kind of like tapping on the shoulder. Like, it's okay. He's like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, like, don't ignore him. Ignore him, you know. And she's, like, looking horrible. Like, she's crying. Like, I can't believe this. He's been gone for so long, and he really did love this team. And I don't know why they're treating him like this. Um, you know, it sounds like I'm making fun of her, but that's really what she looked like. And he was, he's, he's from my neighborhood or a couple neighborhoods over, but like, he's from the Northwest side of Chicago. He did grow up loving this city and all that stuff, but he said a lot of things and got a little egotistical. He said, organizations win championships. Michael said, no players win championships. And you know, a lot of people said, Hey, Jordan never won anything after Kraus. And I'm like, neither did Kraus. Th that's the thing. If Kraus was truly the genius, wouldn't he have won again? later on with Tim Floyd and everyone else, he had more opportunities to build teams. Michael only played two more seasons on a bad wizards team, you know, that he was part owner of. So it's, it's really bad comparison. People say, Oh, he didn't win anything before Kraus. I mean, Kraus took over his second season. It's weird to punish a player for who his general manager is. So that's dumb. The, like, I just wish people could be honest. Say, this is my statement. Jerry Kraus should not have been booed. He deserves an immense amount of credit for putting those bulls teams together. Was he a guy that was egotistical and uh, got too high on his own supply? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Michael Jordan and Phil probably deserve more credit. Sure. Right. Oh, well, you hired Phil. You got, you didn't get Michael, but like, I still, I don't put it on the, the players still do it, especially in basketball, football, baseball, bigger rosters. You could say the GMs have more of an impact basketball. Come on. You know, I mean, and, and even with coaching, everyone's like Phil Jackson, greatest coach of all time. Yeah. He only wins when he has the best players in the league. Because basketball, you're one of five guys. You're 20% of the action. And you could get the ball when it matters most. Give me the fucking ball. You know, I probably made this point before. In other sports, it doesn't work that way. In baseball, you can't be like, hey, I'm the best player. Let me come lead off the ninth inning right now. No, you batted before. You have to wait your turn. You do. You have to wait your turn. So uh, it's just, he didn't deserve to get booed. But I will stick up for the fans slightly on this part. This is what I was, I was, I was alluding to. When they were booing him on the Jumbotron, as the camera then cuts to the widow, which I don't know who made the choice to cut to the widow, and they show her like sobbing, the boos start, the boos die pretty quickly. They do. Listen to it again. The boos die pretty quickly. Okay. And you actually hear a smattering of like clapping. Right. And I don't know if you're hearing woos or boos. They're confusing, but you really do. I want you to give that a really good listen. The first video that went viral, like television always has a slight delay. I got sent a video from a friend who was at the game and you could hear the booze dying down. And then there's another clip from YouTube that I watched this morning where you could definitely hear the booze dying down as soon as the crowd. Because look, the crowd sees him on the jumbo train. They're like, oh, can piece of shit. Then they start looking. And again, I'm not saying they were right for that. I would not have done that if I was there. I think he deserved an applause and he's dead. It's weird to boo a dead guy. It's important. It's in very bad taste. Chicago Bulls fans. It is. Let's be honest here. But you're there's a delay. There's always a delayed human reaction. Where you're booing me like this sucks, all this stuff, and then it cuts to that, and you're like, oh, oh, shit. hey, 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 everybody, they're showing a kid in a wheelchair. Fucking calm down, like you know. There's there's moments like that, and that's why I was. I remember when the video first came out, being like, that's bad, that's bad. But let's hold on here. I'm starting to listen. I don't think the fans realize. I think they were just booing his name. You're not always looking up at the screen. You're not always noticing who they shifted to, right? It's loud in there. You don't really hear. Oh, accepting on on his behalf is his widow or whatever the hell her name is. So, yeah, I mean, it's sad. It is sad that she's, that, you know, she's a husband that I'm sure she loved and misses, you know, deeply. And she's thinking, yeah, I'm going to go to his old work. 
this is going to be great. I'm going to have a hot dog. Say hello to some people we used to see all the time. They've been ca caught up on. We'll catch up on some times. And then uh, you get booed mercifully. Mercifully. Is that the word I'm looking for? It's, it's a rough go. All right. Uh, thank you for everyone for checking out the podcast for this week. I hope you have a great week. If you were in most of America, stay warm. It is fucking cold around the world. Listeners too. I'm sure it's freezing in the UK and Ireland right now and Canada. It goes without saying that goes without saying my Canadian friends. Um, but yeah, it is very, very cold spell that we're all dealing with right now. So ooh, there's never enough layers to put on everybody. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And as always, cheers.